Before I get going this morning, um, Pastor Winona and I had a couple dinners this week with, with some members in the church, and um, we were fortunate enough to have dinner with uh, Brother Al and Shirley, and uh, we had a great time, and we left there just excited and built up in our faith. Have you, have you ever got together with somebody and you leave and you're like, oh, um, as, as I've heard Dr. Brown say, you almost feel like you could go down to hell with a squirt gun. It's like, you know, like you just feel like, just, just get out of my way. And then later in the week, we, we spent a few hours with Brother Howard and, and Kathy, also for dinner, and uh, left there also encouraged and built up. And I appreciate that. And, and in our conversation with with Howard and Kathy, we, we got talking about thanksgiving and, and giving God honor and thanking Him for the things. And, and uh, I've asked Howard if he would come and just share for a couple minutes on a real... Sometimes I think we make it so complicated that we miss the blessings of God. And, and Brother Howard and Kathy were just sharing of some of the simple ways that they have seen God's blessing. So if you take a couple minutes... Yeah, I mean, you're all experiencing the grocery bills are always going up and up and up. So recently we were saying, this is crazy, you know, we're forever spending money here. So we said, well, okay, then why don't we... <coughs> it reminded me of when Jesus, he fed the 5,000 and he got the loaves and fishes and he offered it up to God and he blessed it and he fed the 5,000. So... We said, okay, this is our budget that we're going to now revise. And actually, we put it down, the budget down. We said, Lord, this is our budget for the month. And we thank you, Lord, that we're going to be able to feed ourselves and others and have some left over. Yeah. So we, we offered this up and we prayed about it. And as we go into the supermarkets or wherever we're shopping, as you walk through, thank you, Lord, today we're going to be blessed. We're going to find the right. We're going to be in the right place at the right time. We're going to get the right stuff, and you find that God's beginning to bless you, and that He's opening doors because <clears throat> you're expecting a blessing. And this is a thing we've got to expect that blessing. We can't just say, "Okay, Lord, this is it." You know, no, we've got to continue that in our lifestyle that we must expect a blessing wherever we go, because that's what God's said he would bless us wherever we are. And, you know, he said, Lord, we tithe, we offer our money, you know, as Charlene was saying, you know, we should expect a blessing because we're obedient to God. And I think if this just small area where you begin to see the faith coming through and you trust in God, then it opens up to other things. But I think if we start in a smaller way and see God moving, then it builds your faith for other things. Yeah, but because you're expecting it. Yeah. You know, you walk here, you're expecting God to bless you. And it's not just a question of, oh, well, okay. No, we, this is, we're expecting it. Amen. <laughs> I love, my wife will also, I mean, I do the Coles notes, and then my wife comes and explains it. 
well, actually, no, it's <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't share this, actually, the other night, but the last song we sang just touched me because the Lord took away fear with the words of the, that song um, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, going further back, we got a bill in the post. We've been doing a bit of business in the States for the past few years, and I feel I've just got to give God the glory for this because... Um, and uh, we, we suddenly, out of the blue, seemingly out of the blue, we got this bill for $50,000 from the IRS saying, because we were late with our 2015 taxes, which we were a bit, and um, we were horrified at this, this bill. And so um, we called our accountant and he um, called the IRS and the accountant got back to us and said, I think it's going to be okay, your first time offenders. And um, I think it's going to be okay. So we gave it to the Lord, we didn't worry, we seemed to have peace about it, we just handed it over. And then a bit later, we got a letter saying, oh, within 30 days, you're going to get a letter with our decision. So we thought, okay, we thought it was done with. And then two days later, we got another bill, 50,600. We'd now got interest since the first bill. And it was like, oh, no. And so, you know, fear tried to creep in. And then I, I gave it to the Lord, and I said, Lord, you said, you know, in your word, when we tithe, you'll rebuke the devourer for our sake. So we're going to expect the devourer being rebuked, you know. Um, and so... Um, then we got another, another letter um, saying, um, disregard, the, well, it was a little while after we got a, another letter saying, disregard the letter, it was a mistake that we sent it to you. So I think the first one wasn't a mistake, but then when they sent the one with the interest on, and, you know, they'd obviously decided to wipe it out. So I praise God, it was a biggie. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he's faithful when we tithe. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Does, does anybody here have a, a testimony of the goodness of God? Monique? Go ahead, Shirley. And you're going to have one after that, Monique? I said I am the devourer. Oh. <laughs> I just have to tell you, uh, I'm not retired. I am still working. So I had, um, I had asked the Lord about some more hours. Well, I got more hours. And I thought, well, you know, I wonder. Um, okay, Lord, I'll give you first fruits offering. Well, I'm telling you, after the first fruits offering, I got hours. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. We serve a good God. Amen. Look at somebody and say, I serve a good God. Amen. Your faith is activated by your mouth. Your faith is activated by your mouth. Because in Romans 10, it says faith comes by hearing. You won't be able to hear if you don't speak. Did you hear that? You have to speak in order to see your faith grow. And I would suggest to you, whatever you speak, whatever you speak, 
causes your faith to either grow or shrink. Whatever you speak. I know people that say they want to get a raise and then they complain when the boss calls them and says, I've got some extra work. And they complain. And I would submit to you that what they're doing is they are causing their faith to decrease. I also know people that say, I'd like to get a raise. Their boss calls them and they say they'll be there. And I've heard them speak. And what they speak is God has blessed me. He's given me more hours. He's increased. And what happens is your faith grows. So what are you speaking? What are you speaking? Children. Uh, when you speak to your children... Do you know kids are affected by what you say? My dad, never once do I remember him saying something negative to me. I mean, when we drove him crazy, he used a Dutch phrase that meant, go sit on the roof, which was a Dutch saying. And that was the only one, and when I have... To think about a little bit, he had nine children, I have four. I can understand why he said, go sit on the roof. Um, and I'm not sure if he meant it was on our house or somebody else's house. But, but he didn't sit down with me and say, David, you're no good. And he didn't beat me down. He always encouraged me. He would come to the soccer game. Whenever he could come to the soccer game, he would cheer us on. The words that you speak to your children will either cause their faith to grow or their faith, faith to shrink. What are you saying to your kids? I'm going to get to my sermon in a minute, but I, I want to I, I wanna see every single one of you that is here to be the best in your capacity than you can be. I don't think God made it so that you'd be second best you. I think God made it and created you to be the best you. I believe he created you to be the best you and even to be the best in your capacity in the world. So if you're a janitor, I believe God's created you to be the best janitor in the world. That was a place for an amen. I believe God's created you to be the best in the world in what you do. And that's what I want to speak into your life. Amen. Are you ready to receive this morning? I want to continue our, our series and our talks and our, our thoughts in the process. And this morning, I want to talk about faith in the process. I'm not talking about faith in the process. I'm talking about faith in the process. And you say, well, what's different? Faith through the process. When you're in the process, how's your faith? When you're going through the struggle, how's your faith? I heard one gentleman this week speak, and he says, 
too often we look at our need in le- instead of looking at our seed. Have you ever been in a situation and something negative happens? And let's use vehicles because most of us have been in a vehicle in our life and, and you're going somewhere and all of a sudden you get a flat tire and then you speak in other tongues. And, and the moment that happens, it's like you get irritated and frustrated and there can be a tendency or there can be an, an almost an inclination to look at the frustration and get fed up because I got a flat tire and I've got to be somewhere in half an hour and it's going to take me a half an hour to get there and now I've got to fix my tire and that's going to take, and then I've got to buy a new tire and these days they don't just give me one tire, now they make me change all four because I've had too much wear on this tire so it's gone from a $75 repair to a $750 repair. Yeah, you can tell I've been there. And what happens is we can start to focus on that instead of seeing what God's doing. So this morning I want to take a few moments and I, I, I think it's going to be a little bit more teaching. I want to give you some thoughts about faith this morning and I'd like to teach you on faith and I'd like you to take notes. So if you've got a phone... You can take notes on your phone, as long as you're not texting. That was funny. If, if you've got an iPad or a tablet or something else, I, I want to encourage you to take notes, because what you will hear today, you will be able to use tomorrow. And if you're like me, you will forget tomorrow what I preached today. Does anybody remember what I preached last Sunday? It was good. (laughs) Sometimes I even forget. So I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews 11. Who here likes to please the Father? Who here knows how to please the Father? This morning I'm going to talk about how to please the Father. Because I figure if the Father is pleased, life will be a whole lot better. I used to say, if mom ain't happy, nobody ain't happy. And it's still true, as my wife tells me. Happy wife, happy life. Yeah, all the, all the men said, yeah, I can relate. Happy God the Father. Happy you. You know you can do things that will please your Father. So I'd like to look at some verses with you. And and the the main text is going to be Hebrews 11, verse 6. And it reads, Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. The first thing I want you to see here is if you want to please God, have faith. You say, well, doesn't that involve works? Faith is not works. Faith is belief. 
Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So I'm going to tell you something right off the bat. Faith is required to please God. Not doubt. Not fear. Not anger. Faith. Faith is required to please God. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that seek him. And I find this amazing. God, we, first of all, you've got to believe that he is. He is. As he talked to Moses, he said, I am. And he says, who do I say he sent me? He says, just say, I am sent you. God has no past, no future. He is always present. His present involves everything from before and everything we're going to. He lives outside of time. That's why he could say, I am. So I want you to see a couple things here. I've got a lot of verses that I want to give you this morning. So your fingers and your thumb, and if you're a one pecker as I am when it comes to typing things in, your finger's going to get sore. But I want to give you some thoughts and some word of God because to me, it's not my ideas that make it. It's what God's word says. And quite frankly, and I'm speaking generally, the church does not disseminate and give out the word of God enough. And so when I preach, I don't want to tell you a story. I want to tell you the word. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a, say it with me, rewarder. He is a, say that again, he is a, a rewarder of those that seek him. Now, I don't know about you, but that there is enough for me to go on for a long while. I like rewards. I, I gotta be honest with you. You give me a choice between nothing and something, and the something is good, I'm gonna pick it every single time. And it says here that God is a rewarder of those that seek him. I'll throw one here. This is not a place for an amen. Are you seeking him? Just let that one go in your cerebral cortex for a while. Bounce around if there's nothing else in there. And, and, and just let that Sink in for a bit. Are you seeking him? Here's a scenario. I'm going to do devotions every week, every day this week. That's my commitment. My work starts at 8 o'clock. It takes me a half an hour to get to work, so I have to leave my house at 7.30 at the latest in order to get to work takes me half an hour to get up and get dressed and washed and shampooed and my hair and, and shave and everything else and have breakfast. So I've got to get up at 7 o'clock in order to get out of the house by 7.30 in order to get to work at 8 o'clock. So I'm going to give God 
10 minutes tomorrow morning. That means I got to get up at 6.50. Now, I've done this. Tomorrow morning, 6.50 shows up. And it's like, meh, meh. I, 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 I snooze. Seven o'clock comes around. Oh, I got to go to work. And all of a sudden, my day starts. Tuesday. Oh, I'm going to go do better Tuesday. What time do I have to get up in order to have 10 minutes with God? 6.50. So I set my alarm for 6.50. 6.50 rolls around, and it's like, you know, I went to bed at 11 o'clock last night, so I'm a little tired, so I'm going to take 10 more minutes. 7 o'clock shows up. Oh, i got to get to work. I get up, get dressed, go to work. Wednesday, what time do I have to get up in the morning to spend 10 minutes with God? 6.50. I'll just, I'll just keeping it simple. But Tuesday night was horrific, and I didn't get to bed till like just about midnight. So I'm exhausted. Well, God really wants me to be on my best on Wednesday, so he's going to let me sleep. I'm not even going to put my alarm for 6.50. I'm just going to, I'm going to cut myself some slack. And I'm going to take it easy on God. God, you don't even have to answer me here. I'm just going to take this, and I'm just going to do 7 o'clock. And Wednesday comes, and I get up at 7. Leave the house at 7.30, get to work at 8 o'clock. I've done that. And then come Friday, I can't figure out why I'm frustrated. I can't figure out why my wife isn't listening to me. Because I'm speaking gently. And I love her dearly. And I'm just talking to her just just like normal, but I just can't figure out why she's frustrating me. I can't figure out why the kids are this, and I can't figure out why I'm just so agitated. Because I didn't spend any time with them. I didn't spend any time with them. He requires me to spend time with him. When I met my wife, and we were dating, we used to line up in the hallway to get into the class. And we had to line up two by two, and sometimes she'd be two or three people. And I would disturb the lineup just so that I could bother her. Because that's the way I figured I showed somebody I liked them, you know, by being stupid and being a boy and saying, and, and doing stupid things and trying to trip her or say, hey, you know, push her. And so I was showing my affection by like an immature 16 year old, and she couldn't figure it out. Then I remember the first time I met Pastor Nelson. I mean, the fear of God was in me. (laughs) And he said, come downstairs, let's talk. I mean, I went through that because the prize was amazing. I got to date his daughter, and she wasn't my girlfriend. She wasn't my... And and listen, guys... (laughs) And, and I think this is something, guys, as you, you raise your children and, and ladies, Winona was 
uh, like a sister to me. And, uh, and Pastor Nelson said, you learn how to treat her like a sister, a friend. She's not your girlfriend. She's not your possession. I still remember that. Yeah, good. <laughs> he said, how do you drive? I'm 16-year-old. I drive great. <laughs> I had to be home at 11 o'clock. It was 15 minutes to get to my house. That's according to the speed limit. I would leave at like 5 to 11, 10 to 11. I can't tell you how far the speedometer went on the way. I would drive with my window open, and I'm not kidding, and I would yell and scream out my window because I was so excited. Like, I'd be driving down the, wind, the, the, the car, and the window's open, and I'd be driving, and I'm, I didn't know the speed limit. And I'd be going, yes! Oh, wow! Woo! I did that on the freeway more than once. I just got to spend the evening with this beautiful girl. And it's like, I will make it happen. In order, and, and if I could get every single moment I could with her. And then I have to have devotions, and it's like, Ugh. but I want this, God. But I'll see you tomorrow. You understand. It's easier to get forgiveness than it is to remission, so thank you for forgiving me already ahead of time. <laughs> I know you've never done that. Relationship requires time. I have to talk to my wife and talk with her in order to understand how she's feeling. Although her looks do tell me a lot. Especially when I'm in trouble. But relationship takes time. Faith is a key element in your relationship. And if you want to please your father, start with faith. Start with faith. Amen? Faith in the process. It's required to please God. I want to give you something else here. Faith, if you go back to the beginning of that chapter, it says now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith sees things differently. Faith sees things differently. If you look at something, you will see it one way, but if you look at it through the eyes of faith, you will see it differently. I'm teaching you here. It says... In 2 Corinthians 5.7, you'll want to put this verse down, 2 Corinthians 5.7, it says that we walk by faith, not by sight. I've been asking God to let me see what He sees. I've been asking Him for His eyes because faith does have eyes, but the eyes that faith has is not the eyes that I see my natural thing. My eyes of faith see things that are not 
as though they are. Try explaining that to somebody. Faith sees differently. Faith has a different value system. It takes the eternal over the temporal. So when you're looking at something, are you looking at the temporal thing or are you seeing the eternal value in what you're looking at? Because faith sees the eternal value. That is from 2 Corinthians 4.18. The perspective how faith looks. It sees the unseen over the seen. It sees the eternal over the temporal. It sees the spiritual or the lasting over the moment. Faith does not look at what you and I see physically, but faith sees and looks at what God sees eternally. And the decisions that you make, when you make them by faith, you're not making them based on what you see here. You're making them based on a different paradigm, a different way of seeing things. And I want to tell you this morning, if you want to change some of the circumstances that you face, change the way you look at them. Some of you here are struggling, and all you can see like Howard said, was the bills. And you go into the grocery store and all you see is the price. I got to pay this. I got to pay that. I got to do this. Instead of seeing the fact that God, through Jesus Christ, said, give me five, five loaves and two fish and see what happens. Do you know the children of Israel for 40 years did not change their shoes? It says that their shoes did not wear out in 40 years. Sorry, Adidas, you can't make a shoe that good. Do you know for 40 years they had food every morning by God? 40 years. Every morning they had manna, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every day. And on the Sabbath, on the day before the Sabbath, they got a double portion and they took that so that they didn't have to pick up on the Sabbath. They complained about it, and God drove fish, or fish, drove quail to them. And if you can imagine, some people say it was in the neighborhood of six million people. But if you can imagine how much food it would take, how many uh, birds it would take to feed the city of Vancouver. And God said, oh, you want that? And he just blew them in there. And one, I think in one area it says it was up to their waist. <laughs> Faith sees things differently. What are you facing this morning? I'm surprised, Howard, that you and your wife didn't just go buy five loaves and two fish. You know, I, I want to stretch your faith. I want you to see things differently. I expect my vehicle to get the best gas mileage that a Honda Pilot gets. 
Anybody else like to get better gas mileage? You say, well, that's silly. Nah, not when you get it. When you get it, it's like, yay me. I would like to get 10% off, 20% off items where other people are paying full price. I'd like to get for wholesale. You say, that can't be. Well, my faith, I, don't, don't wake me up. If I'm dreaming, I'm having a good dream. Faith. Here's another point for you. Faith can grow. And you say, well, I don't have enough faith. I'm going to show you how your faith can grow. Romans 10, 17, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you want your faith to grow this morning, quit watching Oprah. Quit watching the young and restless. Quit watching Big Brother. Quit watching Dr. Phil. Quit listening to the prognosticators on CNN. Quit watching those things that cause you to lose your faith. If you want your faith to grow, saturate yourself in the Word of God and hear His Word. Because His Word says, by faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you want to grow your faith, quit saturating yourself with today's media and start filling it with media that was spoken 2,000 years ago that's even better than anything we can produce now. This is how you cause your faith to grow. It says in Deuteronomy three or four times, Moses is telling the people, you're going to get into the promised land. You're going to get to the place that God wants for you, but don't forget what he did. And when he tells them to do it, he says, dads, tell your kids and your grandchildren what happened. That's why I wanted a couple testimonies this morning. We need to hear what God has done. And if you need to say, well, I need my grocery to, to expand Talk to Howard and Kathy, and I'm not being silly in this. Talk with them because they've got the faith. To, they've seen it. They will pray with you, and they will believe with you. If you need more hours, ask Shirley to pray for you because she's seen it. She's heard it. God has spoken to her. And that's what he's saying. Moses says that in Deuteronomy. He says, tell it to your children and your children's children. What are you telling your children? What are you telling your children? You want your faith to grow and you want their faith to grow, so are you going to say, oh, serving God is no fun? Serving God and i got to live like this? No, serving God is the greatest adventure of all. Serving God, He supplies my needs. Serving God is a God of abundance. He's more than enough. He's the one that supplies it. He came and He gave His life for me. And are you speaking words of, are you speaking testimonies? We sat down on, with those dinners and we shared testimonies of what God has done. I sold a house for more than listing. A toonie or a loony, more than listing. I should have been a little more specific. But we had a house for sale and I told, I looked at the realtor and I said, I'm believing God for a more than, more than asking price offer. And then a guy came by that week, looked at the house and says, Here's a loony, and I'm going to call your realtor. And he called the realtor, and he gave him a full price offer. I got a full price offer and a loony. 
And it's like, hmm, next time I'm going to be a little more specific. But I share that testimony because that's what God can do. That's what God can do. What are you speaking? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Are you telling your children of what God has done for you? Are you speaking to them and saying, this is, this is what he's done? I would suggest to you that sometimes we don't give God enough credit. And when he doesn't get enough credit, the next generation suffers. And I'm going to thank him for stretching your grocery bill because that's a miracle. And there's miracles that are happening all around us that we don't recognize. But start recognizing the miracle that he's done and start proclaiming it and speaking it. You want extra hours and you get extra hours. That's a miracle. You say, well, no, that was going to go to somebody else. It went to you. So I want to give you some things to cause your faith to grow. Here's one. He will never leave you. He will never leave you. Hebrews 13, verse 5. And I'm not going to read that verse, but there's many verses where it says, He will never leave you. He will never leave you. I don't know about you, but that's like, I make a mess. I make a mess. And he says, David, I'm in it for the long haul. I don't know about you, but I, I mess things up pretty good sometimes. Sometimes the Stunenberg is spelled stupidberg. He says, before all that happens, he says, I will never leave you. He is committed to me knowing my beginning from my end. And he says, David, I will never leave you. And he doesn't just say it in one spot. He says it in Hebrews 13.5. He says it in Deuteronomy 31.6. He says it in Joshua 1.5. He says it in Joshua 1.9. He says it in John 14.16 through to 18. He says, I will never leave you. I want your faith to grow this morning, and the first thing I want you to see is he will never leave you. It says in Hebrews, call unto him in time of need. It says, come boldly before his throne. We have a tendency to beat ourselves up, Make ourselves unworthy and then say, I can't do it. I'm here to tell you, I don't care what mess you made this week. Don't do it again. Don't do it again. But if you made a mess this week, I'm here to tell you, you can come boldly before his throne of grace in time of need. I'm also going to say, don't do it again. But if you made a mess this week... Don't slither on the ground like a snake and don't say I'm a worm and don't just come boldly before his throne of grace in time of need. I have needed him at times when I didn't think I should be worthy and I said, no, he's my father and I'm coming in times of need and I've called out to him. 
That's not a hypocrite. That's being a child of God. Who here needs them? I expect you to come to him boldly. I expect you to come to him boldly. And you say, well, I can't. Ah, wrong answer. Yes, you can. Because his word says it. I want your faith to grow this morning. I want your faith to grow this morning. How do you grow it? You start by hearing his word. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Here's another verse for you. All the promises of God are in Christ Jesus, yes and maybe. Oh. All the promises in, are, in God are fulfilled in Christ, yes and amen. So when you look at the promises, you can say Christ fulfilled those promises and therefore I get to say yes and amen because Christ said that and he did that for me. All the promises. Who here has read a promise and you go, is that for me? I'm here to tell you through Christ Jesus, he said yes and amen. I love it. I love it. It's ridiculous how good he is. Because I know how bad I've been. I mean, I wouldn't even help myself out sometimes. Here's another one for you. I want to build your faith. Romans 8, 31. By the way, that all the promises of our yes and amen is 2 Corinthians 1.20. 2 Corinthians 1.20. Romans 8.31 says, Who can be against you? If God is for us, who can be against you? Good answer. No one. I know about you, but that answers a lot of questions. That answers a lot of questions. If God is for me, who can be against me? Here's another one for you. Romans 8, 38 and 39. Nothing can separate you from God's love. And then he gives like six or seven different things in there. He says, that doesn't do it, that doesn't do it, that doesn't do it. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Is your faith growing this morning? Because you don't have to call the pastor to get a miracle. You don't have to call the pastor. You call the great pastor, the good shepherd. You have direct access to the one who paid the price for you. And my desire this morning is is I don't know where you are in the process. <laughs> Sometimes I'm in the process in the process. As Anne of Green Gables would say, I'm in the depths of despair. I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm like in the pit of the pit. 
I don't know where you are, but this morning, I want you to see wherever you are, don't stay there and just try to sit there through it by yourself, but take the Word of God, arm yourself with God's Word, and read the Word, say it out loud, don't just say it out loud, hear His Word, say it out loud, and start declaring it over your situation. And things will change. Because his word does not come back to him void. That's Isaiah. It doesn't come back empty, but it accomplishes what it says it will. So when he says he will, I believe it, I declare it, I speak it, and I receive what he says. That was a place you could have jumped up and said amen. I would have accepted that. I think we have nullified God's word just because we haven't believed it. Hebrews 11:6 Without faith it's impossible to please God. He that comes to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If you're taking the TV or YouTube or Googling or Facebook and trying to find your answer, put all that energy into the Word of God and see if you come up with an answer. What do I do about this? Start here. Start here. Well, everybody says, no, I don't care what everybody says. The Word of God says. I want you to look at your process and look at it different and say, I've got faith. Yeah, this really is ugly. This really isn't what I want. But faith says that he will bring me through it. Faith says that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. My faith says that nobody can stand against me. My faith says he's never going to leave me. My faith says that he's got a way and a provision for me. My faith says all things work together for good. My faith says it, so therefore I will change my perspective and I will see in this process I will have faith and I will see him come strong on my behalf. You want your faith to grow? Here's another one for you. James 1, 5 and 6. And I'm going to close with this one. It says in James 1, it's a real interesting passage. He says, count it all joy when you fall into temptations and trials. I preached that one Sunday about a month ago. The next week I broke down and I had a couple like crazy days. And Pastor Daniel, God bless his heart, walks over to me and says, how are you doing? And I say, well, I'm not doing too good. This is frustrating. And I kind of started giving him the litany. And he looks at me and he goes, have joy. <laughs> Rejoice. That's what he actually said to me. I didn't want to hear that. I felt like saying, but don't. He spoke into me because he was speaking the Bible. So you read James 1, and he starts out by saying, count it all joy. And it says, for the trial of your faith. And then he gives a process of how your faith grows. And through your faith, you get endurance and these other things. And then he goes on in verse 5 and 6, and he says, if any of you lack wisdom, 
Let him ask of God who gives sparingly. Who says just a little dab will do you. No. It says if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally, generously, without reproach. And what's the last phrase? What does that say? Everybody say that. It will be given to him. Anybody here need wisdom? It's right here. Start declaring it here. I have come to him and I say, I need wisdom. How do you grow your faith? You exercise it with the word of God. Your faith is activated by your mouth and it comes through your ear. Next week, I want to preach on meditation. So I just want you to think about that for a while. Because that actually connects with faith. But this week, I want your faith to go to another level. The mess that you're in may not change what you think, but your faith will grow. Read the Bible. I'll say that again. Read the Bible. I'll say that again because this is a lost art. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Are you getting the point? Read the Bible. Say it with me. Read the Bible. Say it out loud. When you read it, say it out loud. And your faith will grow. Take the verses that I gave you if you need them to start. And read those to your wife or your husband or your children or your friends. But start reading the word. In Deuteronomy, it says, put it on your doors. Put it on your fridge. Put it in front of your eyes. Don't just leave it, but put it out there so that you see it in front of you. Amen? I tried to teach this morning. I don't know if I was successful. I got a little carried away. This morning, I want your faith to grow. I'd like everybody to stand. I'm going to close in prayer. And as we just take a moment here, I, I, I want to encourage everybody just to, to, to raise your hands as an act of, of receiving, as a, as a physical act, as an act of faith, whether it's the words that, that I've shared or some other thoughts that God has sparked in you, Holy Spirit has given you. But this is just a symbolic way, but it's a powerful way of opening yourself up. And I'm just going to ask God he does amazing things, but he also expects us to do things. So I'm going to ask him to do his part, which is pour out on you. 
And then I'm going to ask you to do your part, which is to speak it, obey it, and do it. So Holy Spirit, I just ask right now that you would just pour out on us that our faith would go to another level. That we'd have an audacious faith. A ridiculous faith. An unexplicable faith. An unrealistic faith. An illogical faith. A crazy faith. That we would actually believe what you say. And if I'm going to believe anything, God, I will believe your word first and foremost. And I will filter it through what your word says. So, Lord, I just ask for a divine download right now into people's hearts. Words that they've heard, the scriptures that they've memorized, the phrases that they've heard, the sermons they've heard, the words of life and the words of faith that have been deposited in them. I ask right now, God, that you would just cause them to come to life inside of them. And this week when they look around, that they would speak words of faith. And they would take time and they'd read your word and speak your word. And that they would see the situation in their life changing because of the faith that you have given them to believe that you are and that you are a rewarder of those who seek you. I thank you, God, that you always do your part. And now my instruction is for you to do your part. Don't ask God. Speak it yourself. If you need wisdom, raise your hand. If you need strength, raise your hand. He's, he's here right now. We can take a minute. We can take a minute. The Holy Spirit is here right now. Whatever you need, if you need something, just raise your hand and just talk with him by yourself. You don't have to, you just talk with him. If you need something right now, if you need provision, raise your hand. If you need wisdom, raise your hand. If you need guidance, Holy Spirit, he will do it. Raise your hands. If you need, if you feel like you're alone, raise your hand and he will never leave you. If you feel like you can't handle it, raise your hand. If you feel like you're battling depression, raise your hand. If you feel like you can't go on, raise your hand right now and just receive. Just receive. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Now just thank him. Let's just take 10 seconds and thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Heavenly Father, thank you. May this week be a week that we measure other weeks by. In your precious name. Amen. God bless you. Have a faith-filled week.